as a church today are continuing through this shorter series on Proverbs as we are seeking out these ancient life hacks. Say life hacks because remember, life hacks are those things. You'll see them on the internet every once in a while. Little tips, little tricks that make life go more easily, more smoothly. So for example, if you need to fill a bucket with water, but you can't fit the bucket into the sink, what do you do? You get a dustpan. That's pretty clever, right? That's a pretty smart idea. Just a little diverts it and gets it into your bucket. I like, though, they think so little of us, right? Make sure you get a clean dustpan. Like, thank you for that. Yes, a clean one. So that's a good trick. And one of the things we're asking as we look at Proverbs, what if God has life hacks for life? Wisdom that we need to glean, that we can glean, that tells us how life works better and more smoothly. The life hack we're going to be working on today is simply this, hard work. Yay, I know you're excited as I am. We're going to be talking very simply about hard work. Now, um, about 20 years ago, I realized I needed to continue growing in the Lord, and I wanted to meditate in His Word. So what I did is I made a list of all these various areas where I wanted to grow as a man and as a believer, And I went out and I sought various scriptures that had to do with each of those categories and listed them out and put together a resource. It ended up being like 60 pages, but I was able to use it in my times with the Lord to meditate on his word in various areas. One of those areas was discipline, diligence, hard work, follow through. So I put together all these verses. You got to know over half of the verses came from Proverbs. And I didn't even get all the ones from Proverbs that has to do with this area. Proverbs is very concerned with this area. It contrasts being a hard worker with being a slacker, a sluggard, a sloth. Those are words they use. I think it's awesome that they use those words. A sloth. In fact, it talks about slothfulness. Let's look at Proverbs 19, verse 15. Slothfulness casts into a deep sleep. And an idle person will suffer hunger. So if you don't work hard, it's going to catch up with you and you're going to feel hunger pains because you're, you're not working, right? So it talks about slothfulness. Here's a picture of a sloth. Oh, don't say awe. They're not cute animals. Let me tell you. This, is, uh, this might not be the best picture of a sloth. It's my favorite picture because I took it. So when we were uh, on one of our mission trips, we were down in Costa Rica, And we were coming back from somewhere, going back to the children's home, and the bus driver got all animated and excited and pulled the bus right over. And we can't all understand his Spanish, but not that fast for sure. And we find out through the translator, everybody off the bus, he wanted to show us a sloth. He saw a sloth hanging in that tree right on the side of the road. He pulled over. So we all get out. We get over there. We're getting closer and closer so I can get a good picture. Thing starts hissing at me. These are not admirable creatures. These are not good creatures. They are extremely slow. In fact, a sloth, uh, the typical sloth sleeps up to 15 to 20 hours a day. It's like a permanent teenager, right? (laughs) That's that's what you have right there. They hiss, they're they're, they're not great. Now, listen, a sloth, the, the Bible talks about the sloth in the negative because a sloth is not just slow at work. A sloth is trying to avoid work. And the idea of the sloth is that, listen, if I move around a lot, that's going to burn energy. 
And then I'm going to need to get food to replace that energy, which means I'll have to expend energy to get more food. You know what? Why don't I just hang in this tree? That's the sloth. And so they're avoiding work, just trying to stay still. It is not good for a human to be a sloth. That is very bad for us. It's actually destructive to our lives. We see that in Proverbs 18, verse 9. Look at this. It says, Whoever is slack in his work is a brother to him who destroys. It's destructive. Now, why is being a slacker, a sluggard, a sloth, why is that destructive? Well, that starts to get at the very nature of this question. What is the purpose of life? Now, for a lot of us, we say, well, it's to have fun. It's leisure. It's entertainment. That's what life is all about. I live for the weekend, and I hate Monday. That's where a lot of us are. But you understand that is sloth. That is not our design. That's not how we were made. That's not good for a human being. What I need to do then is to build for us a theology of work. Does that sound like fun? Sure, it is. Trust me. So we're going to do a theology of work. You understand work starts with God. God did the work of creation. As part of that, God formed Adam from the dirt. Picture God with his hands in the dirt. God is doing manual labor. God does work. And God is still working. God is always working. He has a vision. He has a mission. He has purpose. He's doing stuff. And so go figure, when Jesus, God in the flesh, when Jesus came on the scene, he did work. Remember, if you will, that Jesus didn't start his public ministry until he was around 30 years old. What was he doing for 30 years? He was a carpenter. He was a tradesman doing an honest day's work. He worked hard. And then he did do his public ministry. The capstone of that is, of course, the cross. That is where Jesus literally spilled blood, sweat, and tears. He did work for us. That's him. That's God. Now, what what about us? Well, as part of that creation account, when God made Adam, he puts him in the garden, and he delivered what we call the garden mandate. The garden mandate was the instruction that Adam was to tend the garden, to take care of it. He was to be a gardener, a farmer of sorts. We were made not to sit around on our duff. We were made to do stuff. Of course, there is the Sabbath rest that was commanded. It's a good thing. Six days you shall work, and on the seventh you shall rest. Of course, we we want to say six days you shall play, and on the seventh... Try to make some money to cover your debts. You know, that's, we want to, and so, no, the, the Sabbath is actually that you work six and then you rest one. We as Americans didn't like that, so we invented the weekend. Two days, right? <laughs> we get two days out of it. But the point is that God has gifted us, God has skilled us for a person, purpose so that we can serve, so that we can bless, so that we can have vision, so that we can have purpose and mission in our lives. Eventually, the history will continue. Jesus Christ will come back. He will wrap all this up, and we will go home to heaven-ish. 
Actually, there's some misunderstanding on that. What will happen is God will create the new heaven and the new earth. And we as human beings will have glorified bodies. We are made to live on earth. We will be on the new glorified earth. And what will we be doing there? We will work. There's actually indication in the scriptures that on the new earth, in paradise, we will be working. See, there's all this crummy teaching that somehow we get angels' wings and we float on clouds and play harps. That's garbage. That ain't in there. We're, we're made to do stuff. Listen, humanity was never intended to flourish in a state of perpetual vacation. That's not it. We will have glorified work. Now, right about now, some of you are hating this sermon (laughs) and rejecting it, but I just got to warn you, that's foolishness. That is not wisdom. It is outside our design as humans to move towards sloth. That does destruction in our lives. Now, granted, uh, as, as we went towards sin, the fall happened, and when sin entered creation, work became frustrated. It became futile. Okay, this is where we get toxic work environments and stuff like that. It's, just, it's also futile. You know how it is, right? Like you go, you weed your yard, what happens? They just come back, right? Or you go, uh, you go and you clean one room, and then you go over here and you clean this room, and by the time you go back to this room, the kids got there. What happened? I just cleaned it, right? Isn't that the way that work becomes frustrating and futile? But now that's our reality, doing work in a fallen world. So now we have to say, well, so what? What are we going to do in light of that reality? We have two options. The first option is the wise response. We work hard and we work smart to overcome the effects of the fall. The other option is the foolish response, and that is to avoid work. That's the sloth, that's the slugger, that's the slacker. You can think of those two responses as the top response is a sanctified response. The bottom response is a sinful response. We're not supposed to be sloths. So what I'm saying is that work is not the enemy. Work is a good thing in our lives. You understand, when humans don't work, things get gross. A lot of you are just hoping you win the lottery. If I just hit that number, man. Have you ever tracked what happens to lottery winners? Because they don't have to work, life goes horribly for them. What about trust fund babies? Entitled rich brats. They got money, they don't need to work, life doesn't go well. It's destructive. Sometimes we see this with retirees. Because you're made to work and you work and you work all your life and then you get to a point and you stop working. Now, sometimes the retiree takes another job. Sometimes the retiree gets a volunteer job, a mission, a vision that they pour themselves and they work at that. Sometimes what they do is they just shrivel and die. Because when we're made to work, and when you stop working, it gets gross in our lives. See, work is not the enemy. Instead, work can be sacred. Work is sacred. Your job is a calling from God. It's not just a paycheck. That is a place where you worship through the work that God has created you to do. When Adam would tend the garden, he was worshiping. Work is worship and work is ministry, no matter what you do. So recently I was driving through my neighborhood 
And, uh, you know, this is the time of year where we rake our leaves or blow our leaves down to the edge of the street there on the tree lawn. And then the city comes and picks them up in uh, February. And <laughs> somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, but that was, that's not true, actually. So they were out clearing. Uh, and, you know, they've got those big suction trucks and big old tube. And you got one guy doing this and another guy's raking and all that. It was cold and raining out. Like, oh, man, that has to be miserable. But I was preparing the sermon at the time, and it occurred to me, that work is sacred. If that is somebody walking with God, then here's the mentality, that I am out here with my calling from God, I am supporting my family. That's a sacred duty. As well, if I'm walking with God, then this is my worship. I'm worshiping God by doing what he's created me to do. And then I can have vision for blessing people. So as I'm clearing down here, I'm looking up at that house thinking, I'm blessing those people right now. I'm going to do a really, really good job to bless them. It's not just about my paycheck. And as well, we're called to maintain creation. That was the garden mandate. And so these people are keeping our city beautiful and clean. That, that is sacred duty right here. Clearing leaves can be worship and ministry. Work is sacred. So what I've been doing is hopefully building for you a theology of work. Now, as part of that, I told you don't be a sloth because Proverbs says don't be a sloth. But if you're not going to be a sloth, what animal are you going to be? You're going to be an ant. Uh, Look at this picture right here. You see an ant. That ant is carrying an entire Cheerio all by himself. That's a pretty impressive animal right there. But that's quoting Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 to 11. Look what it says. Go to the ant, O sluggard. I just love that Proverbs addresses us like that, right? Listen, sluggards, listen up. I got some wisdom for you right here, right? Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Without, Without having any chief, officer, or ruler... She prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. You see, the sloth is made to sleep. The ant is made to work. And Proverbs is saying be an ant, not a sloth. So ants work hard. And if you notice in the passage there, the ant works hard even when the boss isn't looking. That's what the ant does. The ant knows her need to be productive and fruitful in her work. The ant knows that she's blessing the company, whether the boss is looking or not. The ant knows that she's worshiping God, and God is the boss who is always looking. And so the ant works hard, serving and glorifying God, always. Now, the fool, by comparison, the sloth, is the one who slacks off as soon as the boss ain't looking. You know how it is? You look busy when the boss is in the room. Boss leaves the room. Facebook, right? Instagram. YouTube, whatever it is for you, boom. And and listen, ancient wisdom says this. If you are that kind of employee, you will get found out. It will catch up with you in one way or another. Don't do that. Now, here's the really good news about being an ant. Everyone can do it. 
I can't tell you that you're going to be the most skilled, talented person at your place of employment. That would be a lie for me to guarantee that to you. But I can tell you, you can be the best aunt at your place of employment. This is open to all of us. So maybe you've seen things like this on the internet. Ten things that require zero talent. Number one, being on time. Two, work ethic. Three, effort. Four, body language. Five, energy. Six, attitude. Seven, passion. Eight, being coachable. Nine, doing extra. And ten, being prepared. Now, as you sift through that list, do you notice it's kind of redundant at places? Because it's all talking about being an ant. That's all ant. That's zero sloth right there. And the good news is all of us can do that, and that leads to success. Praise God for that. Because you see, the assumption that we sometimes have is this. I want to be successful, and what I need is a good career. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to get good grades, and that will get me into a good college, and then I'll get a good major, which will get me a good job, which will get me a good career, and then I'll be successful. My son, Caleb, is 20. He's on the hinge right now where he's starting to figure out where is he going to land, what's he going to do in life. I've been telling him over and over this. Character over career. Character over career. Every time. Let God do work on you. Let God do work in you. Let God do work through you so that you become an ant, not a sloth. And so if that's true, then you can start out by flipping burgers at Mickey D's. And you go ant on that, you will get raises. You'll become a shift manager. You'll become a store manager. You might get taken up to corporate. You can work your way up. You might be a VP. You know what? You might be the CEO. No college. You know, there's stories that are out there. The CEO that says, yeah, I just started out flipping burgers at one of our restaurants. Those stories, you understand something, don't you? Those guys, they're not sloths. They're ants. Those are ant stories right there. Of course, the alternative is then you go career over character, lack character. And I don't care what field you go into. Go into the trades. Great careers to be had in the trades. Or white collar, blue collar, does not matter. If you lack character, it will catch up with you. It will every time. Don't be a sloth. What I'm talking about here is sometimes called the Protestant work ethic. What's interesting is that acknowledges that work ethic flows from our faith. There's a necessary connection. So Christians ought to be the most excellent employees ever. Ought. Ought to be. It's not a given. And so if you're at your place of an employment and, and you're not advancing, I want you to ask yourself why. But let me caution you with something. Remember, Proverbs is all about wisdom. Wisdom is about humility. And so as you ask yourself why, you want to be saying, what is wrong with me? What do I need to change? How do I need to grow so that I can advance at my company? If you do that, watch out. It's going to be awesome. But the fool goes another route. The sloth goes the route of blaming everyone around them. It's the other employees, it's my boss, it's the company, it's certainly not me. I'm all good, they're all bad. You know what I need to advance? I need to go to another company. Let me tell you the problem with that. You take you with you. 
You take you with you. And if you're a sloth and not an ant, and if you're not humble and teachable, you take you with you. And that doesn't solve the problem. So what we need to do is commit to being an ant, not a sloth. Now let me give you two cautions that have to do with this area. The first is this. The the, the goal here is to so walk with God that this is about our purpose in life. This is about our character. This is about our spiritual development. This is about who we are becoming. What I don't want to do is train you in this sermon how to succeed in the American dream. So let's not let America define our success in this. But instead, when I talk about being successful in your work, let me tell you what I mean. Here's some bullets. Successful means serve your employer, make the company better. When you do that, you're being successful. Also, help provide salaries for all the employees. No matter what your job is at your company, when you do it with excellence and the company is blessed, then it's more likely that everyone there is getting paid that month. And you're blessing your fellow employees and their families and your family is getting to eat. Okay, that's, that's successful. Thirdly, you are blessing the society around you with the product of that company's work. Have a vision for how this blesses. When you're leaf clearing, you're blessing the community, right? And fourth, you see that you're going to glorify God in your work. If you're a disciple of Christ, this is your vocation. This is what God made you to do. And you're doing it. You're glorifying him with the excellence of your work. If you never get a promotion, the question is, is is God happy with my work? That's success. And then fifth and last there, you have kingdom impact. Wherever you work, you can have impact for the kingdom. Now, when you do those things, that is success, not ladder climbing. As you get into the American mentality, you climb the ladder, you get to the top, and you realize it's leaning against the wrong wall. Don't do that. All right, second caution is this. How how can you be an ant without being a workaholic? Because some of you are really, really, really liking this sermon. And there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. How can you be an ant without being a workaholic? Is there a verse for that? Nope. Nope, there's not. And so remember, this takes wisdom to understand the difference. Let me give you a tidbit of wisdom on this one. Work from your identity, not for your identity. That'll solve the workaholic thing real quick, right? Work from, so you, your identity is you are a child of God. You don't have to work for that. It's given to you. You're a child of God, and now from that identity, what you want to do is you want to realize that you're going to serve God, you're going to serve your family, you're going to serve your church, you're going to serve your employer. There's four things, and you're going to balance them. You've already gotten rid of the workaholic problem. That's working from your identity. The problem with the workaholic is that he works for his identity. He says he's serving other people. He's not. He's serving himself. It's all about him. Him being successful, him being accomplished. It's all about him. And that is selfish. Don't do that. Don't do that. All right, those are the two cautions. What I want to do at this point is I want to shift a little bit because work ethic has to do with more than just work. It affects every area of our lives. Look at Proverbs 14.23. It says, In all toil there is profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. 
tends only to poverty. I have it memorized in the NAS. Sorry, there it is. So, but mere talk tends only to poverty. All right, now, that second part there, let me, uh, it, it talks about how talk is cheap, basically. Let me, let me ask you a little quiz here. Three frogs are sitting on a log. Two decide to jump off. How many frogs on the log? Three. I didn't say anybody jumped. Three frogs sat on a log. Two decided to jump off. Nobody jumped. Three frogs still sitting on the log. Talk is cheap. I use that with my son all the time. I, all I have to say is three frogs along. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm not a fun dad to have. I'm sorry. No, I, here it is. I know. Talk is cheap. Now, the first part of that proverb, though, says in all toil there is profit. All toil. All toil is profitable. This impacts every area of our lives, and I want to share some of those areas with you. So first is your spiritual growth. I... Um, like most guys I, I grew up, I don't like to read. I still don't like to read. I read a lot. I don't like to read. Uh, what happened is I realized at some point in my life that I became a Christian and I realized if I wanted to grow as a Christian, I got to read the Bible and I got to read other good books, Christian books. And there's no way around it. It takes work. It takes work. I got to be an ant in my spiritual life. As well, fellowship. I know that I can't grow in isolation. I need to be in fellowship with other Christians. And sometimes that takes Work. Or how about worship? The sloth comes into worship with the mentality, it's, I praise God we've got such an awesome band, but it's saying they better entertain me and the pastor better entertain me and drives out of the driveway saying, how entertaining was the pastor today? That's sloth worship. Uh, an ant goes in and realizes he or she has work to do in worship. See, this impacts spiritual growth hugely. I'll give you a bunch of other areas. Marriage, uh, marriage takes work. If you want to have a good marriage and you, it just doesn't happen. Parenting, people ask me, hey, Pastor Rick, what do you do for fun? I say, I used to have hobbies, now I have kids. Okay, so parenthood is work. What about volunteering at church? Are you going to be an ant or a sloth? There's taking care of your home, getting in shape, personal finances, and even your hobbies. Hobbies a lot of times are based on some skill that needs discipline over time to develop. Here's the point. Nothing worth having comes easy. Nothing worth having comes easy. That's true. So if things are valued by the time and energy that I put into them, you understand the sloth is committed to having his life filled with cheap crap. Whereas the ant, she wants to be rich in life. Nothing worth having comes easy. I'll give you an example of that by drilling down on just one of those. Let's talk about getting in shape. Some of you are like, well, a circle is a shape. <laughs> God bless you. You can turn, tune out for a couple minutes here. Actually, during the first service when I said that, I had somebody right down front, a lady reached over and rubbed her husband's belly. <laughs> Don't do that to him. That's not cool. Oh, well. When it comes to getting in shape, here's how this works. The fool watches an internet video that talks about the magical properties of some berry in some foreign land. And we've harvested these berries and we've distilled them down to an extract. And if you subscribe to us for $49.99 a month, we will send you the extract of this berry. Here's the great part of this. 
You don't have to do work. You just take the berry before you go to bed and it works while you sleep. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? All I have to do is get a snack and a nap and I'll have a beach body? Sold, baby! That's a, that is a sloth plan. Now, Proverbs doesn't tell you how to get in shape. But it does tell you to be an ant, not a sloth. It tells you the value of hard work and diligence and discipline. And there's wisdom involved in this. And so what we realize is that when it comes to getting in shape, shortcuts don't work. Either they don't work at all, they don't last, or they have terrible side effects. The ant understands that. The ant understands that nothing worth having comes easy. So it's going to take work. You're going to have to eat less and or eat better. Either way, it'll take work. You're going to have to exercise more, exercise more wisely. Either way, it's going to take work. You're going to have to build muscle. You're going to have to put your body into caloric deficit. You'll have to be sustainable change that you can maintain over time. It's hard work. But that's healthy. Now, there are unhealthy skinny people. I I mean, we have some who have diseases, some who are getting treatments for the diseases, and they're skinny and it's not healthy. There are eating disorders. Whenever I talk about getting in shape, I'm very cautious because I don't want to trigger stuff within you. Eating disorders is unhealthy, right? And then there's a whole other category of people, and these are the people who have been blessed by God with some freaky metabolism, right? You know these people? They eat whatever they want, and they're like skinnier than you. We hate those people, right? I was, one of them is one of my best friends, Dan. He's a pastor at another church, and we get together at least once a month to do accountability. I was meeting with him recently. He has one of these freaky metabolisms. He's my age. He started to whine. I'm just starting to get a little ripple above my belt. A ripple? I about throat punched him right there, right? I'm like, I'll see your ripple. I'll raise you a muffin top, all right? Like, shut up. Shut up. Oh, listen, ants know it is going to take work. Nothing worth having comes easy. (laughs) So about this point, I realized I probably lost most people. People just love sermons about hard work. It's their favorite. But this is wisdom. And I don't feel the need to defend it. I don't feel the need to argue for it. You know why? Life will teach you. Life will teach you. You will agree with me about this wisdom from Proverbs eventually. I hope it's sooner rather than later. I hope you do it the easy way instead of the hard, t- hard way, but you'll get there. Life is a great classroom. So with those things under our belt, I want to take a moment and speak to the men and then speak to the women. First, you fellas. It used to be that you were a boy until your teenage years Somewhere between 12 and 18, you would go through a rite of passage, after which you would be dubbed a man, and you were expected to start adulting. I've heard it said that men are like rear-wheel drive pickup trucks. I drive one of these. And when weather starts, it gets squirrely in the back. And they drive better when there's weight on them, right? Men are like that. You take weight off them, they get squirrely. You put weight on them, they drive true. Men, we have to be like that. Unfortunately, what we've done as a culture is we've introduced the idea of adolescence. Adolescence is when you can have a man body but still have the responsibilities of a boy. And that is not healthy. That's not healthy. We've gone even further. We've introduced the concept of perpetual adolescence. 
So now you're a man in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. On it goes, and you're still acting like a boy. Sociologists tell us today in America, one out of three guys, men, in their 20s and early 30s, one out of three live with mom. That's not good. Think of the teenager who all he wants to do is watch TV and eat and drink and not do his chores, even though the mom in the house is badgering him. Unfortunately, I just described a lot of husbands. And that's not good. That's not good. Pastor Mark Driscoll put it this way. He said, you're supposed to marry a good woman and have kids. You're not supposed to marry a woman and be the kid. And that's what a lot of us have done. What we want is we want the freedoms of being a man, but the responsibilities of a boy. And some of you are like, yeah, that sounds really good. But understand, that is destructive in your life. You're not becoming the man God intends you to be. That sloth, not ant. And our champion is Jesus Christ himself, the quintessential man. And we need to be like our champion. We need to be ant, not sloth. Guys, we got to step up. Now, ladies, let me talk to you about Proverbs 31. Some of you are familiar with this picture. It is a gorgeous picture. I, I'm asking you to read the chapter, uh, a chapter a day. So on day 18, you read Proverbs 18, right? So at the 30th of this month, you'll read the 30th chapter and 31st chapter of Proverbs. If you haven't read it before, you'll read it then. Look at this woman. She is like the quintessential woman, wife, mom. She's like superwoman. She's amazing. There's not a guy on the planet that deserves this woman. But I realize, ladies, some of you have rejected this picture of womanhood because you feel like, um, I'm not into lace and doilies and crochet and knitting, and so that's not my cup of tea. And you've kind of pushed that section aside. I want you to go read it with fresh eyes. You look. You're reading about an ant. This is a woman who gets up early. She does real estate deals. She, she makes stuff and sells stuff. She looks well to the ways of her household. This woman works her tail off. She's an amazing woman because she's an ant. It has nothing to do with doilies. And in Proverbs 31, 31, it says, Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Go read it again with those eyes. Now, men and women alike, we are called not to be sloths. We're called to be ants. I want to wrap up with this thought, though. Hard work is not a good thing. Hard work is a means to a good thing. Right? So if you really like hard work and you really like this sermon, there's something wrong with you, okay? Like, no, it's not that we like hard work. It's that hard work is to an end. It is just a mean. It is not the end in of itself. So we got to return to the question, what is life all about? What is life all about? What is the goal? What is the mission? What is the focus? What's your purpose? The sloth says, life is all about me. Life's all about me. Entertain me, serve me, do what I want. It's all about me. And therefore, the sloth is lazy. You understand, laziness is only selfishness by another name. 
If you're being lazy, you're just being selfish. That's all that is. And so if I want things to always be easy and fun and immediate, what does that say that my life is about? Me. It's all about me. All right. The ant says, life is about something bigger than me. Life is about God. Life is about his kingdom. Life is about other people. It's not that I like hard work. It's that I love my Lord and therefore I'll do hard work for him. The ant is not taking the ant, it's giving because there's something bigger than him that has captured his heart. It's not that work is the end. Work is simply a means to an end. The most famous ant to ever walk the face of the planet, his name was Jesus. And he worked hard. He entered into time and space. He didn't have to. Entered into time and space, shed blood, sweat, and tears to do work for us. Why? Love. It says he despised the cross. He didn't like the cross. He despised, but he loved us enough to do it. You got to get something in your heart that is bigger than you, that you're committed to. Otherwise, you'll be lazy, and laziness is just selfishness. And so for us as believers, it's got to be Jesus. Jesus was not a sloth. He was an ant. He did it for us. Now we love him back. We love his kingdom. And so therefore, we commit ourselves to hard work to worship him. Here's what I want you to do. Look at that list. And I want you to choose some area that you're going to be less sloth and more ant this week. If you say hobbies, I'm going to slap you. All right? Your job isn't on there. It could be your place of employment. Look up there, grab one, and let me pray for us. Father in heaven, thank you that you sent Jesus to work for us to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves, that as we were sloths, as we screwed it up down here royally, that you sent Jesus so that he would do work for us so that we could become your children. Thank you for that. We admit, though, Lord, that uh, instead of responding with worship and ministry and vision and passion, sometimes we just make it about ourselves. Thanks, Jesus. Now I can do whatever I want. We repent of that now. And Lord, we want you to fill our hearts with you. We want to surrender all to you, that you would be at the center, that we would serve you, serve your kingdom, serve the people in this world out of vision and passion and love. Take us there, Lord, please. And we pray in Christ's name.